Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Welcome to Iron Men Connect. Do we have any first-timers here this morning with us? It looks like there's a couple guys sitting at the first-timers table. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here. David Hill, who normally is at the first-timers table with Jesse. I don't see David or Jesse here this morning. So I'll be sitting with you, you guys this morning. I'm looking forward to personally getting to meet you guys and spend some time at the tables with you guys today. I'm going to call Keith on up. Keith has an announcement for an awesome Ironman event coming up this weekend. He's going to tell you more about that, and then Keith it's going to introduce this morning's teaching fellow. All right, gentlemen. Well, we've got the big Ironman picnic coming up next Saturday. Next weekend, Saturday, October 22nd. It's going to be some fun, some fellowship, some free food. It's an opportunity to prove to your wives and your family that you're not just out on Mike's boat. You're not going golfing Friday mornings. So bring your family. It's an opportunity for fellowship, but we're going to have a blast. We're going to have the dunk tank out there. If we have any extra volunteers, but right now I think we're going to be going for Duncan David Hill and a couple other of Ironman heavyweights. We're going to have the donut eating contest. As we said, Nick has graciously decided not to defend his title, so the title is up for grabs. We're going to have a little bit of kickball. I know Andy Jones said that he was once a kickball champion, so he wanted to showcase those skills. We have some cornhole, frisbee, just a great time, but an opportunity to kind of reach out and bring your family, bring some friends, or just an opportunity for fellowship. Again, to show the community and everybody that you know what Ironman is all about. But also, you know, right now we, we meet every Friday with other fellow Ironmen. But it's your opportunity to bring your family, some friends, people from your church, whatever it may be, into the fold and to see what Ironman is kind of all about in a really fun way and show them how fun we are, you know, how fun we can be. And showcase your donating skills maybe uh, or anything else. Bringing that up, Jack here is one who organized the picnic. Me and him have... We started it uh, three years ago, and many of you know Jack. Very, very inspirational figure. He's written several books. Very inspired man, pastor at a church. Just a great, great fellow Ironman, but he is our speaking fellow today. If you haven't heard Jack speak, you are in for a true treat. Jack is full of fire and energy, and he really has a passion for the Lord and a passion for inspiring others with the Lord's word. So so with other than that, I want to bring Jack up here and maybe just kind of a quick prayer over him. Not that he needs it, but Lord, please pray over here, Jack, for him to reach our fellow Ironmen this morning with his word and his message and his fire and energy to be transferred to all of us so that we can go out and inspire our community to live through God's word. Here's Jack Levine. Right. Thank you, guys. I watch five Rocky movies, stay up all night, and that's how I come fired up, ready to go. So I am excited. I'm excited for the picnic, and just a reminder, you can come anytime you want. Starts at 3, you can come at 4 or 5, come on in for an hour, bring your family and friends. Now to the important stuff. We're talking about serving in your sweet spot. And last week, Mike talked about it. Next week, Steve Peterson's going to talk. I'm excited, Steve, for you. But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, how do you find your sweet spot? People ask me, how do I find my sweet spot? How do I know what it is? Well, I can tell you how. It's very simple. I used to interview a lot of people in the corporate world. I did thousands and thousands of job interviews. And among the one question I'd ask them at the end was always this question. And this is the question, how you can find your sweet spot. I'd say to them, if money wasn't an object and you could do anything you wanted to do with your life, what would you do? That answer is your sweet spot because that tells me where their passion is, what they truly want to do. So ask yourself, that's how you can find out what your sweet spot is. 
applications. So what have you done to serve in your sweet spot? We know if you want a job, you go send out a resume. I mean, that's a good idea. You know, I'd go look for one. I'd go network and contact. I have a cousin, a great guy. He's probably in his 60s now. And he always wanted to be a ventriloquist. And he never did anything about it. Every once in a while at dinner, he'd do a Rich Little impersonation for those of you guys old enough to remember Rich Little. But he never did anything. And it's like this lingering dream. And it's always like, I could have, I should have, I had the talent. And you know what? He wasn't half bad. But he never did anything about finding his sweet spot. So that was a tragedy. We need to stop dreaming and start doing. So I want to tell you how God shook me up in the last couple of weeks and God working on me. And this is what I want my sweet spot to be. It's not, but this is what I'm working for it to be. I got a text from a lady in St. Louis who I met in 2010 when we went out to minister there. She was a singer in a band who worked with us all week in the streets of St. Louis as a missionary. Her name is Joy Johnson. Because of the hurricane, she texted me to see how I was. I said, we're fine. Everything was fine. This is what she responded. Jack, so good to hear all of this. All my friends in Florida, which are quite a few, were not affected from Tampa to Orlando and other areas. Praise be unto God who gives us the victory and causes us to triumph every time. It is time for us to wake up out of our sleep for the day is at hand and the night is far spent. Now is the day of salvation. Now this is the next line she said that wrecked me. She said, I'm just doing all I can to make sure I'm working for the kingdom to pull in as many as I can. And then she said, and I know you are as well. And I thought, I don't know that. I'd like to be able to say that. I wish I could say what she said from the heart as she did. But you know what? I'm thinking about myself a lot. <laughs> and if I happen to pull some people in the kingdom along the way, that's good. But I can't say that I'm waking up every day thinking, holy crap, time is at hand. We don't know what God's coming back. We're to be prepared and ready so we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I need to bring in as many people to the kingdom as I can. So that's where I want my sweet spot to be. And I repented to God of that. I turned away. I said, God, I need to be like that. Mold me and shape me and knit my heart so I'm like that. Here's another epic fail I had along the same line I just want to share with you guys. I was reading in 1 Kings 3 the other day, and Solomon is asking God for what he wants. God says to Solomon, you can have anything you want. You're going to be king. What do you want? You can have fame, fortune, money, anything. And in 1 Kings 3, 1, it tells us Solomon chose an understanding heart so he can make good decisions for his people. He chose wisdom so he could make good decisions for his people. And I thought about this and I thought, God, what am I asking you for? And everything I was asking God for was for myself, for my security, for my future, for my children, for my health. I was praying for other people too, don't get me wrong, but I was certainly at the top of the list. And I said, God, I'm repenting of that as well. I need to change my heart to be more like yours, to be sacrificial, to be other people first. That's who I want to be and what I want to be. So the question I have for you today is what are you asking God for? Solomon asked God for wisdom and an understanding heart. What are you asking God for? Now listen, I don't blame myself for being human. I'm allowed to have a human thought. I'm not perfect. But when I think those things that aren't godly, I want to turn and repent and bring my heart in alignment with God. And the Holy Spirit will do that. So here's the main point for today regarding serving in your sweet spot. If you get called up from the minor leagues to the Yankees or Mets or Astros or Dodgers or whatever your team of choice is, and you are a star shortstop in the minors and you get up and they tell you, hey, we have a star shortstop. We don't need you at short, but you're going to play second base or center field. Can you imagine saying, no, if I can't play shortstop, don't bring me up. I'm a star quarterback in college and I get drafted by the Bucks or the Jets and they say, hey, you would make an amazing safety or cornerback and you can be part of the Super Bowl team. And you say, no, if I can't replace Trevor, La Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, I'm not playing. Well, that would be absurd. Well, I want to remind you guys, it's the same with your sweet spot for God. Hey, it would be great to serve in your sweet spot. And I hope and pray that every one of you guys get that opportunity. But if not, that's not an excuse not to serve God.
God. And that's not a reason not to serve God. Oh God, if I can't play quarterback, then I can't be on the team and minister and witness for everybody. No, yes you can. I was, I guess complaining is the right word. I'm embarrassed to say it to God the other day. Asking nicely for more opportunities to preach and speak and minister because I think that's my sweet spot. And I love to do it. And God reminded me and spoke to me. And that very day, I had two opportunities I didn't expect to minister individually to two people. Out of the blue, individually, and spent that time doing it. And God reminded me that, hey, Jack, it's great when you get to work in your sweet spot and speak and teach and write. That's wonderful. But that doesn't mean you don't minister the rest of the time. So God gives us those opportunities. We want to make sure we take them. We want to make sure we don't use our sweet spot as an excuse to not serve God today. That's like saying, I can't find a job in the field I like, so I won't go to work. That won't fly, guys. It won't fly. Listen to God's word as a reminder to us today. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from God you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So that's why you're doing it. Then Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. So we're doing these things, serving God, giving thanks to him. Then 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So everything you're doing is for the glory of God. And lastly, Ephesians 6, 6 says, don't do it by way of eye service so people will think you're great. Don't do it to please other people, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, rendering service with goodwill as to the Lord and not to men. So we are doing it to serve God. So here's the question I have for you and I today. Am I making myself available to God to do the work that he wants me to do? Or am I insisting that he come and work where I want him to work? I need to make myself available to God. We need to be a Christian everywhere in our life. Not just from the pulpit, but every day with our home, our family, our neighborhood. We need to be those guys. We need to be that Christian. You got to trust God with what's in front of you. I want to tell you this story quick and we're going to close in a minute or two. I have a pastor friend whose wife was sick for 16 years. He had dreams of ministry. He was going to retire as a pastor and he was going to do all this ministry everywhere and he had all these dreams and he was a writer and, and his wife got sick and for 16 years he cared for her. And she got progressively worse and worse from a wheelchair to the bed and he had to give up his ministry to care for her. But as a man of God that he was, he knew that his service was the God, family, and then the church and the world and he did that. He sacrificed. And he thought his dreams of ministry were over. It was over. This was it. He was going to take care of his wife. And his wife passed away about a year ago and in COVID, God opened up doors for him to preach all over the world that he could have never seen coming. And I'm thinking, man, no surprise to me that God would bless his faithful servant. Here he was, thought everything was lost, just like Job. Everything was gone. Everything was taken away. But God had in store for him things he could never see or imagine. And God has the same in store for you. All he asks is that you will be faithful with what's in front of you. God says, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He who is not faithful with little, even what he has, will be taken away. The bottom line of this is John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing, says the Lord. The question you have to answer today is, do you believe that? And on that note, and this is important, guys, whatever you're praying for, whether it's a health issue, a relationship issue, a wayward child, a financial issue, spiritual issue, whatever you're praying for, for a very specific thing, the answer to your prayer is more Jesus. More Jesus. We would think, hey, fix that thing. Give me that money. Give me that job. Fix my kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's more Jesus. Here's why. Because Jesus will always answer your prayer in one of two ways. Either he will deliver you from that trial, you will 
get, you know, redeemed from that health, from that relationship, from that issue, or he will walk with you through it. But the answer to your prayers is always give me more of you, God, more Jesus. That is it. A vacuum needs electricity to work, a car needs gas to run, and we need the Holy Spirit to guide us to the abundant Christian life. Remember these words. This is the bottom line of all things. It's Deuteronomy 8.3. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So here's your food. Here's your encouragement. Here's your joy. Here's your life. If you're not eating of this, it would no, be no wonder that you are starving spiritually. Many Christians walk in circles like the Israelites did for 40 years. Not because they didn't love God. Not because God didn't love them. Because they were disobedient. They didn't listen to God's calling on their life. Why should you trust God? Well, look at it this way. Here's our last illustration. We're going to close. Here's this wad of money, which is some singles in a 20. I am telling you guys, I'm going to put this behind my back and I'm going to put this money in my left hand. Guys, which hand do you believe the money is in? My right hand. Ye of little faith. It's in my left hand. How would you know that? I told you. God has told you that he loves you, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he's with you always, that all things are working for your good, that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, that the plans he has for you are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you, that your place in heaven is assured. God has told you. You would be an idiot not to believe him. Lastly, and we're going to close in prayer and go to our uh, table captains. I heard Pastor David Uth, the First Baptist, say this to his congregation in a message. It was beautiful. He said, listen, those of you sitting in, in the crowd today, he said, I see some of you and some of you have bibs on and some of you have aprons. And he said, those of you who have bibs are babies in Christ. You, you need the bib because you're spilling everything all over. Those of you who have aprons are mature in Christ, meaning that you're there to serve. And he said, my job is to bring all of you from bibs to wearing bibs to wearing aprons. Well, guys, as Iron Man, we need to be at the point of our life. We have aprons on. We are here to serve. That was the example Jesus gave us, to serve sacrificially. When he washed the disciples' feet, he gave them the example. Yeah, I'm your God. I'm washing your feet. Now go and do likewise. He came to sacrifice for others. Where to live a sacrificial life for Christ. It's he must increase, we must decrease. It's die to self. That is the key to the abundant Christian life. Let's pray as we go to our table captains. Dear Lord, Father, we love you. We're reminded, Lord, that you've wired us with certain gifts and talents, and certainly you want us to use them. I think of my friend Greg Woolley. Some of you may know Greg. He's a great guy, a local guy. Greg's a roofer, but he's one of the most on-fire Christian guys you ever met. He's starting a recovery high school for kids in recovery, a nonprofit, and he is an amazing poet. Greg's poetry is amazing. His poems should be song lyrics sung by every Christian artist. They should be read by everybody. They melt my heart and rip my heart out. But you know what? God has not given Greg a platform yet as a poet. So he's taking the platform he's had. He's using it for the ministry of Christ. But he's continuing to write and write at home using his sweet spot. God didn't say bury your dreams, but that may not be the profession that you have. So if you want to sing or write or be a photographer or a painter or help people, you volunteer to help people. You paint at home. You sing at home. Keep doing that. Man, I sing in the shower. I'm terrible, but I love it. No, no record company's called me yet. But Lord, you've given me other ways to serve and minister. And I pray for my brothers today, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts and remind us that it's not how we value ourselves that matter, but it's how you value us. And all we have to do, the only thing we have to do is get up in the morning and love you with all our heart and soul. And out of the gratitude of love for what you've done for us, for giving us our salvation, for having the Holy Spirit with us, for you walking with us through us every step of this life, we gladly share and give back that love and joy 
joy and peace and mercy to others. You called us to be lamps to the world of darkness, to be salt to a tasteless generation, to be your ambassadors, your representatives here on earth. If we would just do that and not worry about what we think we need that we don't have. We're so focused on the things we don't have and that make us miserable. Instead of being grateful for the things we do have, that should make us joyful. And we have God, so we have everything. We have the treasure, so we should literally be dancing up and down happy every day, the happiest people in the world. And yet sometimes we walk around with our heads down and miserable. Father, forgive us of that. Lord, Holy Spirit, remind us of your love for us and our love for others. We love you and praise you. Bless us as we go to our tables today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.